Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Let's read Proverbs chapter number 1. We're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse number 10. Just look on your screen. Don't, don't look at your Bible because you don't have TPT in your Bible, okay? One, two, go. I will read, okay? Don't, don't, don't spoil it. Let me read it. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, the words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life, written as proverbs by Israel's king Solomon, David's son. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. If you have been making your confessions, you will see that this is literally what you have been declaring. Number four, these proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. For the wise, these proverbs will make you even wiser, and for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, poetic riddles, and epigrams, and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instructions, for their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say no. So this morning, I want to teach on something that I've called, What Will Wisdom Do? What Will Wisdom Do? W-W-W-D. Just like W-W-J-D. So that you remember it. But this one is, What Will Wisdom Do? We want to attempt to unpack the word of the Lord to us this year, to see the relevance of this word to our lives, because wisdom can sometimes sound like a theoretical thing. It can sound like something that is not practical, that is not tangible. So we want to see how this actually applies to us, to piece out the promises of God in the scriptures that we've just read, that was given to us this year by God, and to itemize the expectations that we can have of God if we play our part. I'll say that again. The purpose of this message is so that we can itemize, right? And this is the first time in my life that I'm preaching 10 points on a Sunday morning. So you better listen very well. Just write down the scriptures and go home and study it by yourself because I will be rushing all the way through to the end, okay? The idea is we want to itemize all the promises of God so that when you get to the end of the year, I want you to be able to see, look at it and say, this is what God did. Check. This is what God did. Check. This one I'm still believing for. And then you know that the word of God being an incorruptible seed, you can actually take that promise into the next calendar year. Are you with me this morning? 
That's the whole idea, the whole idea of this, all right? Proverbs chapter number 24. Let's start here. Proverbs 24 and 14. It says, So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Do you see this? It says, this is, this is how the knowledge of wisdom is unto your soul, that you will have a reward and your expectation will not be cut off. So there's an expectation. There's an expectation. The word of the Lord for us for the year is the word of the Lord. You can't make this stuff up. If God did not say fruitfulness, and you come and say fruitfulness because you want people to shout and scream, at the end of the year, they will not be fruitful. Do you understand? So if God says wisdom, focus on wisdom. The problem is, Many people like to focus on, this is something God told me many years ago, that, see, the, I was very worried about my future at some point in my life because, I mean, I was attempting too many things. So I was just asking God, what is, and, and he just kept telling me, he said, you are focusing on the scoreboard instead of focusing on the ball. You are focusing, imagine somebody who is playing tennis on the court, huh? and all the, the while is just looking at the scoreboard. He has lost the game by default. Your focus has to be on the ball. Wisdom is the ball. Your eyes have to stay on it. Focus on the most important thing. Don't major on the minor and be running up and down. Focus on the most important thing. The scoreboard will take care of itself. Naturally, the result of what you do with the ball is what will show up on the scoreboard. That's the way it works in anything. That is the principle. So that's what we want to do, to align our, our focus and force us to become the priest of our own lives so that we go back to God and say, God, what is this wisdom for in my own life? I told you that night that God told me so many things that I can't share with you because some of those things, I don't know whether they are for you or they are for me. Do you understand? He has already told me what this wisdom is for in my own life because right now in my life, my number one priority is you guys, is this church. So I can't come and in, just take what he told me concerning the church and, and assume that it, it applies to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So your job is that you need to go to God with that word and say, God, this is what you said. How does it apply to me? Which of these promises can I hold you accountable to? This is not the year where you will be sitting down and just be expecting that pastor will do everything for you. You can't do that. Uh, you know, pastor will just... I mean, after pastor has done... Uh, preach the message. He has done declaration. He has done confession. What else do you want him to do? Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to be able to sit down by yourself, go through those scriptures in your place of prayer as you are worshiping God. It will open up the scriptures to you. Look, you will be looking at some of those scriptures. It will be as if a hand came out of the Bible and grabbed you. Look, that was the experience that brought us to this city. I had it one night in Vancouver. I won't go into the details of it. That it will look as if the scripture literally became a human being and grabbed you and said, this is what you need to do. Look, when you have that experience, there's nothing anybody can say. That's why you see that this church, eh? look, if I come here any day and there's just me and, it has happened before, me and Dockers were the ones that were here with our children. Eh? Throughout the worship. Because when we were, I was almost finishing preaching that somebody came to the church and we were here. I preach the way I'm preaching to you right now. The way I'm preaching to you now is the exact same way that I preach, as if my life depends on it. So I've crossed the, the boundary of, you know, just looking, you're looking at everybody and you're comparing yourself with themselves. No, no, no. I've seen some things. There are some things that, there are encounters that I have had that I can't share with you. If I say, like when I started saying, God said believers' house would be the church in Halifax. Huh? 
Do you know how many responses I got because of that? <laughs> because people will think you are, you are being boastful or you are bragging. But we'll see it together. Look, if you are patient enough and you stay in this church enough, you will see it. And your own will be the best experience because you'll be able to tell them the difference. You'll be able to tell people, look at where we started from. Maybe you'll be the one teaching Believer's House, uh, Believer's House 101. Then you will tell them, when we started this church, this is what Pastor Sean used to say. And we are seeing it today. I don't want to digress, but um, there's something about this message this morning. <laughs> so I want, all I want you to do is please go to God by yourself. Please. Please. We are not raising lazy believers here. Look, I'm not going to come here and, and sell anointing oil for you that will prosper you. I will not do it. So you have to go to God and do the work. That's what he wants. So that's what he wants. That's all. See, this year is all about obedient devotion to God. That's all he wants. He wants you to come to him every single day. Every single day you wake up. Minimum 15 minutes. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just make sure that you do it. Minimum 15 minutes. Look, already in this year, my own 30 minutes has happened in the bathroom this year already. Because every day cannot be the same. This morning I came from work to come and preach. That's why I can't find my iPad. <laughs> I came from work this morning. So every day cannot be the same. That's what I'm saying. So this morning as I was coming in the car, I was blowing. You know what, what we call blowing is speaking in tongues. That's why when I came out of the car, I just heard God say, go to that place and pray in other tongues for 30 minutes. That's why when I came in this morning, that's what we did. So it's not, this thing is not a joke. It's, it's anywhere you can do it, do it as if your life literally depends on it. And watch what God would do. Let's, let's forget all this, you know, theoretical Christianity. People are just, you know, doing trial and error and, and all of these things. Let's, let's, let's put God to the test this year and hold him accountable to his word and see what he will do in our lives. Say amen to this. Amen. All right, so we have said wisdom is the supernatural intelligence of God. It is manifested in the strategic information that is necessary to produce success in any endeavor. I'll say that again. Wisdom is the supernatural intelligence of God. It is manifested in the strategic information that is necessary to produce success in any endeavor. Before you start on any goal, whether your goal is Operation One or your personal goals, the whole idea is you are going to God for the strategic information that will ensure that there is success in what you are doing. Because there's nothing you want to do. There's no goal that you want to achieve this year. That there's, you, you just need one strategic information. I can give you examples of, of I mean, when last year, the, the major goal that we had, it was when we got into it and we started receiving information. We're, we're asking ourselves that, where has all this information been? Like, why did nobody share this kind of information with us? Why? Because I'm telling you, you don't know half of what you think you know. You don't. Especially if you're an immigrant. Oh, your own is evil. You are, in fact, that one. <laughs> you have to do extra work. Extra work to get extra information. Yeah, and, and everything you want to do this year, please, the first thing you need to do is go to God. Say, Father, open up my eyes. Let me see as I talk to people, as I go online, whatever I'm doing, but you need to start with God so that everything you are doing, it now starts leading you. I've told you, you are not entering this year blind. Everything is already in place. You just need the lamp to guide your path to where all of those resources are. And it will lead you to the people, to the resources that will literally take away the stress that you can be spending five years trying to do something and somebody will just give you a strategic information that will change everything. 
So this is not theory. It's not that you, you know, you're just laboring, you're just struggling and running up and down the whole place. All right? So let's go. Number one, what will wisdom do? Number one is discipline. That is the first thing that is going to be a result of this wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3, we read it already. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. You see that this is really a blank check because in this one scripture, you can have your marriage, you can have your relationship with your parents, you can have, he said, every relationship. So it has already covered you in so many, your career, relationship with your boss, with your subordinates, everything is covered there. So this is why I said it is about you and God, how God will interpret it to you is what is important. But the major thing here is discipline. You will have discipline, victory over your flesh, where your flesh is no longer controlling you. Where the things that you, 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 well, you know what Paul said, like the things that I want to do I, is what I'm not doing. Uh-huh. You, you get to the point where you say, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Made me free. Experientially. So that it, it gets away from being just the theory. Number two is the understanding of purpose. Understanding your purpose. To gain understanding of your design and your destiny. Which means that you are stepping into purpose. Proverbs 1 verse 4. These proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise. To give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. So you can see that there are so many promises that you can lay hold of. So many of them. So this is, this is number two, understanding your purpose. You are stepping into purpose this year. If you have been going around, I've told you before, a um, uh, 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 pastor in Colorado, uh, Jeremy, well, used to share this story when he started flying. That, you know, he, he started flying, trying to learn, because his grandfather is Kenneth Copeland, and, and the man flies airplanes for fun, right? He has been flying for 50-something years, never had an accident, whatever. He's just, you know, a guru. So the man forced him to go and learn how to fly, even though he didn't want to learn. But the story that he normally tells that I like is, of course, there are many of them, but this particular one that relates to this is, it was, he said, when you start to fly, when you get out of where you're going, sometimes maybe you are going to, let me just use our, our own geography here. You are here in, in Amon's Plains. You are going to Dartmouth. You will first take off, let's say this is an airport, you first take off and face Tentalon, right? Just so that they can, they can manage the traffic and get everything flowing. Then they will now tell you at some point, to change your, your course and to, to focus on where you are going, right? And at that point, they will tell you there's no more, no more games. Stay on your course, right? And, and focus on that. That's where you are going. So because if you change any direction, you can affect other people and you can hurt yourself. So in, 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 when, when we say understanding your design and purpose is that you come to a place of conviction. Look, as I am like this, eh? as, I'm, as I'm, I'm here like this, the reason why I can be talking to you confidently like this is because I have come to a place of design and destiny. I know exactly what my life is about. I have seen what my life will be like in 20 years. I've seen it with my eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I'm convinced. I don't have, I'm not in any doubt. That's why when people say, how, how are you able to do this thing? The way you, your life is, ah. I can't do it. People tell me every day at work, I can't do this thing you do. Like, I will just collapse. I say, you will collapse because you have not seen design and destiny. <laughs> you have not stepped into destiny. When you step into destiny, you know that God is with me on this journey. It doesn't matter what anybody says at that point. You already know what you have seen. What you have seen. Say, that which our eyes have seen. But if you have not come to that point, you have not been with God, you have not had any experiences, little things will start hurting you. 
Somebody comes and say, you know, you know, like Jeremy also likes to say this too, that when, that when they first started their church, that people will come to them and say, we are with you forever. Yeah, like people will literally come and say, we are with you forever. Because people like good things. You know, when you, the way we started this church was very, you know, very organic. People don't start church like this, oh. do you know? You don't know. Ah, people start church like they start big. Uh-huh. If there's no LED screen, there's no church. Yeah, people start church big. So when they started the church, everybody was like, ah, ah, we are with you forever. He said after three months, they will look back. Those people are gone. <laughs> and it was repeating itself over and over. People just go, ah, we are with you anyway. You know what how they said to Jesus? Master, I'm with you wherever you go. <laughs> and Jesus said, foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. Eh? The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So he said after a while, anytime anybody comes, and says, we are with you forever. They just say, ah, this one is going. Ah! <laughs> this one is going again. <laughs> you know? So it's, just, it's just very interesting. So whatever happens, all I'm saying is, whatever happens, nothing shakes you. They come and say, the economy is changing, there's a downturn. You just look, because your eyes have seen, and you are keeping your focus on the word of God. That's where your focus is. And this thing is a daily thing. You know why it's a daily thing? Because the enemy is bombarding you every day too. Every single day is bombarding you. The minute you left here on watch night service, do you see how different January 1 was to the watch night service? Ah. Did you see the contrast of emotions that you felt? And you're not like, ah, I thought I just came out of the presence of God. What happened? <laughs> Maybe you even got into a fight with your spouse or something weird happened. That's what the enemy does. So it's our responsibility to keep our focus on these things. Let me try and manage my time this morning. Are you in a hurry today? Yeah. I think I'm preaching good this morning. You better get everything. Get everything on. I'm just telling you. All right. Number three, obedient devotion to God. Obedient devotion to God. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. It says, we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. So seeking the face of God every day. Wisdom to go after what matters to God. We've said this over and over again. Look, your, your personal prosperity of car, of house, of a nice retirement plan, all of those things are extras that God wants to give you. I'm begging you in the name of God. Go after the thing that matters to God and see what he will do in response. He made that promise. It's not me. I'm, I'll show you in the scripture. Proverbs 11 verse 13. Look at what he said. He said, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. This is the demonstration of wisdom. Then, so that you are not in doubt, he now says it in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, to explain what being wise is. He says this, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Do you see this? Please, can you give me, I don't, this... No weapon formed against me will prosper. Okay? So, so that's what he's talking about. He's saying those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. So this is, this is the idea. This is the goal. That's why we're saying, you know, you just in your own sphere of influence, ask God to show you the people that he wants you to go after so that you can have fruits this year. Say amen to this. Number four, great success. I'm just moving because of time. Great success. Insights that will produce great success in every single endeavor. 
Proverbs chapter 1, verse 9. It says, For their insights will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. So you can literally believe God for success this year in any single endeavor, anything that you're embarking on. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. It says, if the, ask, if the ax is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. So this is what wisdom will do. The, the, the tangibility of it is that as you go to God every day, your eyes are open to the word of God. You are getting information from all those places. It will translate into success with any single endeavor that you are embarking on. So before you embark on any goal, go after the wisdom of God for that issue first. Go after the wisdom of God, the intelligence of God concerning that issue. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Let's keep moving. Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day, day, day. This is where I got that from. I'm not saying go and do it day and night just because it's fun. Is what the scripture says. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. It's interesting that he did not say God will make your way prosperous. Look at it. He says for then you will make your way prosperous. He didn't say God will do it. Because God has already done what God will do. He has already played his part. I trust God that you are listening this morning. So the whole idea is, like I said, you're, you're confessing the word of God morning and night just to force you to say the same thing as God. That's all that that would do. To force you, I, can, I could have literally made it a one-liner huh? that you're just saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That, that's all you're doing. But let me tell you the truth. The, the negative words that you say every day, huh? every single day, they are not up to that. They are, they are much more, rather, than that one page that you are confessing. The, do you know that? No, oh, you don't understand. That, that even while, as you are driving, huh, and your car just does, you say, ah, this stupid car. Little, little things like that. that you're just, you're just decl- like, we have been programmed that way. That we think that, you know, they, they ask you, how are you doing? Ah, I just manage, you know. I just manage it. And in your confession, you say, I live in abundance. Helpers of destiny are carrying me to my fulfillment. Then they ask you, how are you doing? Ah, it is well, though. <laughs> okay, so that's what the confessions are designed for. They are, they are literally just to force you to say the same thing as God so that you are, you are replacing any negative words. And after some time, it becomes your default mode that you know that this is exactly what it is. I told you when we were going to start this church, the confessions that I was making, I, I declared it up to a point that it became, you know when he says it becomes the joy and the rejoicing of your soul. Even till now when I see those scriptures, it just reminds me of, every, I'll be at work and I will just pull it out from my pocket. I already had it in one small place. I will declare it every time any fear came into my mind. I say, where will people come from? You, pastor, you, you. How? How are you going to be able? I will open it and I will declare those words. Declare it all over again. Declare it all over again. That is the way you get. After some time, the thoughts stop coming. That's when I knew that I was free. <laughs> that that fear has gone. So now it's to face the next thing. And that's what you want to do. So that you, are, you set your course and you know exactly where you're going. Number five. This year, there's going to be daily benefits. Daily benefits. Psalm 68 and verse 19. It says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation. He says, he daily, he daily, okay, I would have thought, he's, you know, he's just daily, you know, he's just daily, 
There's one word that's coming to my mind, but <laughs> it daily loads us with benefit. Loads mean that you need a truck. You need it literally. You need a truck every day to move it. That's what it means. It daily loads. Just like when you are moving from your house, you not load. You load it up. You load the truck. So it's not it's not the benefit of you know today. Just God just help me that I, I won't have a headache today. That might be a benefit. But I'm telling you that in the plan of God, every single day in this year, there is a load of benefit for you. A load of benefit for you. So that you, every single morning you wake up, you, you know you have that consciousness and that is what you are declaring. That is what you are confessing. If you go to God every day this year, it will give you a unique benefit for every single day. Even if you are not going to use that benefit that day, it will be in your reserves. It will be something that you have. But at the end of this year, you must have 365, minimum 365 benefits. That's what it means. Number six. What will wisdom do? Wisdom to bear fruit. To bear fruit. Isaiah 37 from verse 30 to 31. Isaiah 37, 30 to 31. This is another scripture the Lord gave us. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself. And the second year, what springs from the same? Also in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat the fruits of them. So it means that everything you do this year, you will get a reward for it. See, it's consistent with what he's saying. Every day there's benefits in every single day. So every time you sow this year, you must expect a harvest. Yeah, you are giving because you love God. But I'm saying to you that there is sowing and reaping. There is every time you sow, there is a harvest for you. So you have to claim that. Otherwise, the devil will chance you. You know what chance is? It will chance you. Uh-huh. Chance. It will shift you away. And take, because you don't know what belongs to you. Let's keep going. 31. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. You see, when it comes to God, let me tell you the truth. When it comes to God, uh, if you look at somebody's life and you see a measure of results that you don't see in your own life. Uh, I've told you before that the thing about, about God is that God operates by principles, not sentiments. He's not a respecter of persons. That's the way God operates. The measure of thought and study is the measure of virtue and power. The measure of thought and study is the measure of virtue and power. And this applies to anything. Look, even, the, even people that are not Christians, it applies to them. Example that you can relate with. Why is it? Why is it that when... How many people know who, who Nice is? Do you know Nice? was a singer in Nigeria. Everybody know Nice? Okay. If you don't know him, I will use him because his example was very practical. And it happens to a lot of musicians. I'm using music so that you don't say everything is just pastor, church, church, church. Huh? When they release their first album, their first album, and they release it like this, the, the whole world will shake. Literally, he said it in the song, Ayagbo and Ramo, which means that everyone will hear the head will shake. <laughs> That's what happens. Their first work. Because that work comes out of study and poverty and devotion and dedication. Look, there's no... There's no nice house, nice car, all these girls that are distracting them. They are, they are drinking cassava, Gary, cassava, <laughs> with peanuts. <laughs> no, no McDonald's, nothing, no Mr. Biggs. They are just there in their house. In fact, it, it was so bad, he sang one of the songs. And literally what he was saying in the song was that he was eating food. Somebody came and he quickly hid his food under the table so that he can, he can be the only one that benefits. That's how his life was. So he was singing his life. And everybody took it. That, ah, this guy can sing. You know, and everybody was happy with it. After that, their money came. 
Then they started giving him money. He will go to a place, they will, he will perform, they will give him money, give him money. When money comes, you know what happens next? Is that now you want to go on vacation. Yeah, because now you can afford it. But what you are doing is that that vacation that you are doing, vacation is good, but that vacation that you are doing is time that you were spending in study. So now, all those dedication, all the nights of sleeping in the studio, of disturbing the producer every day, ah, ah, I have one song in my head, let's go and record, let's go and record it. Now, just chill. That, ah, I don't have song, they are still calling me for sure, what's the big deal? Then you sing, sing, sing. Then the next album you now try to do will now be a product of the surface. I'm saying it like this in the natural, the secular realm so that you can understand it. It's the same thing in your own life too. It's the same thing. Look, I tell people all the time that when you see somebody, somebody was telling me recently, oh, there's this young pastor, look at how his ministry has blown up, blah, blah, blah. I told him, I said, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Because people just see results. They don't know story. Huh? That look, people, people who you see who come out and, and blow up all of a sudden. Overnight success sometimes takes 10 years. Sometimes it takes 20 years. Because this guy was just there in his, I won't mention his name so that he won't quote me. Was just there. In his own, he didn't have anything. He had nothing at all. He was just, you know, in one corner. Every day he's, he's, he's struggling. He's doing everything. He, all he knows, he doesn't have wife. He doesn't have children. He doesn't have house. He doesn't have any bills. He's living with his mother. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's praying and fasting. Every, I told you now, when I was a teenager, I used to read my Bible for eight hours every single day. Where is the time now? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Where? Where does it exist? I have to now carve out extra, extra time. And that's what he was doing. And he will sit down there and he will be praying anywhere there is conference. Even if he cannot go by, by bus or transportation, he will walk with his leg and go to the conference and come back. Look, as, you are, as he's going there, he's praying in tongues. As he's coming back, because he doesn't have money to buy food, so he has to fast. Do you understand what I'm saying? All of those things becomes the compound interest that produce the result that people see. And people say, ah, then you don't start comparing people with people. Ah, I say, you are a fool. When you, that's why the Bible, that Bible that said you are not wise, he, he knows what he's saying. You are not wise. Because you cannot, you have to be able to replicate the entire story. The entire, to achieve that result. Yeah. You have to, that's what you have to do. So you literally have to strip yourself of, of everything. Yeah? That's why he said all those weights. Strip, that's, that's scripture that says all the weights and the sin that easily beset you. You strip yourself of all those things and you get back to that place. I told you the story of David. How did he finally end up with Bathsheba? Why didn't he do that when it was only him and the sheep in the, in the bush? But when he was in the bush and with, just with the sheep, he was producing psalms. He was singing as the deer pants after the water because there's nothing to do. Don't just sing down there with the harp. <laughs> and he was, as the deer panted for. He doesn't have anything to do. But when he became king, then responsibilities came. Then money came. Then, you know, comfort came. That's why you can choose and say, I'm not going to war, please. Ah, all this war, war, war. Just fighting war. Just like a Christian saying, all this prayer, prayer, prayer. Ah, prayer meeting, prayer meeting. Is it not prayer that God will bless us? But I already have money, so what do I need God for? <laughs> do you understand? That's it. And all of a sudden, you now start seeing his life. You now start, the, the, you, it, it, it doesn't happen at once, so that somebody's life will just change. It's gradually. You just start seeing the cracks. The cracks will start appearing. And before you know what's happening, so there's no, there's no secret formula. That's what I'm trying to say to you. The formula is stay with God. Yeah, stay with God. That's the formula. Stay with him and see what he will make out of your life. As much as you can do. I know you have children. I can't tell you now to go and lock up yourself and pray and fast every day and don't attend to your children or don't do anything. You know, that's why there's wisdom in the Bible, I'm telling you. That's why Paul said the people that are not married, the people that are not married, 
that they can attend to the things of the Lord. But the people that are married, they have to attend, they have to do it. They have to attend to the things of their wife. So I always tell people that we'll do marriage series next, uh, next month. Eh? Marriage series. Wisdom for marriage next month. Look, you will laugh, you will roll on your chair. Let me tell you. You know, people always say that, you know, some people are very spiritual when it comes to they very spiritual people. Do you know that somebody said to me once that any man of God that is sleeping with his wife too much, he can't be anointed. Yeah, a man of God actually said that to me. So people have this idea that the more spiritual you are, huh, the more you will, you will, look, if you are spiritual, don't marry. That's how I will know that you are spiritual. Do you understand? Uh-huh. The day you got married, you made a choice, a decision. Yeah, so you can't, you can't tell me that you are spiritual. Just like I tell people, I must have said this to you before, that immigration, when people say, I love Nigeria. I'm using Nigeria because that's my country. I love Nigeria. I lo- they are here. They are here with us in Canada. I love Nigeria. I tell them, you are, you, are, you, are, you are hypocrites. The people that really love Nigeria, they are in Nigeria. I don't care what brought you here. If you really, really love Nigeria, you will not be sitting with me in this room. <laughs> That's the truth. I don't care what brought you here. Because love suffers long. Love endures all things. All things. Buari and Tunubu, everything. Love endures everything. <laughs> so they will come and say, I, I love, I love, ah, I love Nigeria. Let's, they will not be asking me, can we organize this for Nigeria? Can we do this for Nigeria? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Because if they, if they, he said, for as long as they, they remember the country from which they came, they will have occasion to return. I'm not returning, no. <laughs> let me just let you know now. I'm going nowhere. Let me stay with my message. So, if you prioritize bearing fruit for the kingdom this year, anything you ask the Father, He will do for you. He will do for you. That's what He says. So, John chapter 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruits and that your fruits should remain. This is what we're talking about that people need to be in a body. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. Do you see this? This is, this is a blank check. He's telling you that all you need to do this year is focus on what, what is my issue. Bear fruit. And ask me for anything and see whether I won't do it. Number seven, safety and security. We are looking at all the things that we can believe God for this year, for this wisdom to do in our lives. Psalm 91 and verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we have said that this year, you can literally call it your year of the secret place. It's a year to stay in God's presence because strategies and supernatural strength will be made available right in his presence. All of these things I've said before. It's a year to make God's presence a constant habitation, not somewhere you visit occasionally. If you do this, your safety and security is a promise you can hold on to in 2023. Number eight, supernatural intelligence. Supernatural intelligence. Psalm 119 from verse 98 to 100. It says, you, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. You see where that, that understanding came from? He says, I have more understanding than all my teachers because your testimonies, which is your word, are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients 
because I keep your precepts. So your academic excellence this year is literally covered in this promise. Because he says you will, be, you will have more understanding than all your instructors. That's what he's talking about. So no student in this house is permitted to fail in 2023. Uh-huh. There's no re- repeating course. You be repeating course. We don't have time for that. We want you to finish on time so that you can get a job and work for the Lord. Finish. Every year. You are still in school. Why? Why are you still in school? We don't want that. All right? Grace for your studies. And if it, it requires that you need tuition to make sure that you finish on time, not just the intelligence, it is covered in this promise too. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why you need to go and sit down with it and sit down with God so that he assures you of those promises. So that it will not just be what Pastor Sheon said, but it becomes the word of the Lord to you. Number nine. Number nine is mighty works. Mark chapter 6 and verse 2. Mighty works. Mark 6, 2 says, And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. So this year, whatever mighty works looks like in your own context, you can hold on to that promise this year, that this is the word of the Lord to us. And then finally, number 10, number 10, the wisdom will help us to recognize destiny helpers. Destiny helpers. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 20. Isaiah 30, 20. It says, And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. So God sends you men and women who will serve as destiny helpers, who will carry you to a place of fulfillment in 2023. There's an example in, in Romans, Romans 16 verse 3. This is Paul talking about his destiny helpers. It says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Every single one of us. And these are some of the things we'll be praying about uh, during the, the, prayer, the prayer meeting and the schedule and all of those things. That you, you'll pray for, for help to come into your life. That God will send strategic help. They will bring strategic information, but they will also bring a helping hand. So it's not just people who will come and be telling you what you need to do, but they will literally be people who will carry you to a place of fulfillment. Ooh, that's what destiny helpers are. All right? So this is the menu. Take your pick. Uh-huh. You, you have to go to God and say, what can I believe you for? You know, there are ten things. You must be able to believe God for one. Out of ten, <laughs> you must, there must be one that connects with you. And you can hold on to that and say, God, at the end of this year, this is what this wisdom, this is what I need you to produce in my life. This is what I need you to produce. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't have to be a big, massive thing. For some people, look, this is what God told me. Just that some of these things, you can't be saying it everywhere. Some of you, let me tell you, the, the thing you need to believe God for this year is to stop telling lies. Seriously. Like, it can literally be as simple as that. To say, God, at the end of... Because there are some people that tell lies not because they, they actually want to. They just can't help it. Oh, you don't know. You people are too holy in this church. Look how you are looking at me. So you don't know. That, that, like they, just, they just can't help it. It's like any other habit that, that people have. Ah, it's like any other habit. Don't people just tell lies because, you know, it's just, it just makes them sound good. And they, you know, they, they make more friends. You know, all those people, persons are the ones that get into that trap. People that they are the life of the party, that they are the life of the room. When they step into a place, ah, oh, yeah, they are talking to everybody. And, and in the process of talking, they are in the multitude of words, uh-huh. <laughs> sin will come out. 
So that might be all that you need to ask God for, okay? So let's close it with James chapter 3. Let's just tie it up. I've preached for a long time today, but were you blessed? See, all this is I'm supposed to preach in watch night service, so don't, uh, don't hold me responsible. Okay, James chapter 3, we're going to read from verse 13 to 18. I want you to see the character of this wisdom so that we differentiate it from the wisdom of the world. Verse 13, if you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done and you prove that you are truly wise. But if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being funny. This is what I just said now. So this is what he's saying. So that you understand that when you start seeing this, this character modification in your life, you know that that wisdom is being applied. You can see that this is the result of this wisdom that we're talking about. This is what you will do. Then he says in verse 15, for, for, for that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. But the wisdom from above, this is the character, is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. Then it says in verse 18, And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. So this is the, the nature of this wisdom. This is the character of it. The wisdom of God from above is pure. It is filled with peace. It is considerate. It is teachable. It is filled with love, never displays any form of prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. It always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. Stand to your feet and let us pray a little bit. I wanted you to pray before we started, but you didn't pray. I want you to pray now with understanding, okay? I want you to pray and talk to God concerning this wisdom, concerning everything that you have heard this morning. And whatever it is that connects with your heart concerning 2023, ask God for wisdom concerning it. Ask God for wisdom for concerning it so that it becomes a practical thing in your life. It's no longer theory. Please open your mouth and pray, please. Open your mouth and talk to God. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.